Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Joe Bautista, a financial advisor who will encourage us to save money and plan for retirement. Plus, talk about his new book, More You Know, More You Grow, How to Get Better Every Day. I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention college students. The transportation company Charter Up wants to give hope to refugees and immigrants in search of the American dream. The company is offering a national scholarship. The winner of the scholarship will receive $10,000 for one academic year. Deadline to apply is July 5th, 2018. Students should apply today at www.charterup.com forward slash scholarship. That's www.charterup.com forward slash scholarship. And here's your weekly news update. Graduating season is upon us, and Latino families are boasting with so much pride that they cannot wait until all those names have been called at graduation. So, of course, they cheer as soon as they see their first college graduate from their family cross that stage. You know who you are. Your family did it. So did mine. Ay, que raza. Today, Latino students are entering college at unprecedented numbers. Over the last decade, Latino college enrollment has gone up by 82%, according to a Latino USA article, Navigating the Maze of Higher Education, written by Antonia Cerejido. But even though those enrollment numbers are impressive, Latino students are dropping out at higher rates. The number of Latinos between the ages of 18 and 34 who left college without completing their degree has gone up by 35% in the last decade, while the general non-completion rate has only gone up by 7% during that same time period. But those who can stay on continue with the struggle to get that diploma. Why? Today, a college degree is more important than ever when it comes to economic mobility in the United States. In the 1970s, only a third of jobs required college education. Today, 65% of jobs require a college degree. But earning a degree is more expensive than ever. Since the 2008 recession, public university tuition has increased by 28%, according to that Latino USA article. At the same time, with pressure to slash budgets, states have stopped investing in higher education. As tuition rises, students end up shouldering more and more burden to keep universities afloat. And many students are crumbling under that burden. Did you know that in the United States, Latinos tend to live longer than African Americans and Anglos, but are not prepared to live those silver years with enough income? Four out of five Latino households have less than $10,000 in retirement savings, according to a 2013 National Institute on Retirement Security report. This institute's researchers point to two factors that complicates financial security for our Latino workforce. One, 
most Latino workers are in low-wage jobs in the private sector. And two, Latino workers were the least likely to have access to retirement plans at work. To help us learn more about financial security, our podcast welcomes Joe Bautista, a financial advisor who grew up in a family that struggled. Joe took his future in his own hands by going to college and paying for his education through military service. He shares his story in his new book that he wrote recently, More You Know, More You Grow, How to Get Better Every Day. Let's get ready to grow with Joe by finding out how we can plan for the future starting today. Uh, I want to welcome to the show Joe Bautista, mm-hmm. a really good friend of mine who I've known for two, three years, yeah, two, three. and um, I'm very excited for him to be on the show because we're going to be talking about financial security and his new book. But before we get there, I want Joe to introduce himself to you all and tell us about yourself, Joe. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jesse. Uh, once again, my name is Joe Bautista. I'm a financial advisor. I've been doing that for about three years uh, with a company called First Command. Uh, a little bit about my background. Um, I grew up from, uh, I'm from Oregon, so I'm an Oregonian. Uh, my dad is an immigrant from Oaxaca, Mexico, came here in the 70s, worked in the fields, uh, pretty much uh, landed at a job at a plant nursery in my, in my small town in Oregon, population around 5,000 people. And basically worked in the field, still continues to work at that same job uh, from when I was a kid, still working hard. Uh, my mom was a cashier and, um, yeah, grew up in a no- normal, uh, norm- had a normal childhood, went to school. I uh, was always very ambitious. I like to contribute that to uh, my dad. My dad worked Sunday to Sunday. It would go through his regular job and then sometimes do other jobs on top of that to help support him and his family. And uh, so I've, I grew up in a, the school that I went to was uh, mixed income. So there was kids from uh, trailer parks with kids that lived in like basically mansions all going to the same school. And so from that, and I, so I'm half Mexican, half, half white. And when I was going to classes with these other students and, and I was, basically the only other Latino in, in the school. So in terms of knowing my capabilities um, or measuring my capabilities, I saw that I was like on poor, on par, or um, exceeding, exceeding expectations. So I always knew that I could achieve more in life. But basically what happened was my, um, uh, basically from there, I realized I needed to get an education. And so when I got to high school, I realized Oh, my parents are not in a good financial situation. So So you joined the Marines. Yep. Yep, exactly. So I joined the Marines, uh joined right after uh high school, did seven years. Uh I was supply, so I was stationed in Hawaii for three years. It was a it was a hard decision to go to Hawaii. And but then in two thousand seven I did a uh deployment to Iraq and then came back. Uh, finished like six more months in Hawaii, and then I re-enlisted and uh, got stationed in Portland, Oregon. So now you're here in D.C. working for a financial agency. You get to wake up every morning and talk about people's futures. These are good, sometimes good conversations, uncomfortable conversations, but everybody needs to meet with a financial advisor at least once in their life to get all their ducks in a row before retirement comes. Tell us about that experience, being a financial advisor. 
Well, so basically I love my job. The reason why I love my job is because uh, growing up, things were tight financially. So uh, so in high school, my parents went, went bankrupt and that made me realize, okay, what do I have to do to make myself financially secure? So I started reading financial magazines. Um, I started a Roth IRA when I was 20 years old. And then basically when I got here to D.C., uh, what I found out is a lot of my friends didn't understand stand money. So when it comes to your money, you got to do three things. You got to know how to earn it, keep it, and grow it. And basically to help you keep it and grow it, you need to have a plan. And that's what I do. Uh, people tell me their goals, their needs, their wants, and then I'm there to develop the strategy and the action plan to help them get to their goals. So as a financial advisor, uh, it's like starting a business. Uh, you're, and for most uh, financial advisors, they're in a, a franchise type system where you have the main company giving you the resources and support to do your financial planning, like the compliance, the IT, um, the pr uh, product information. Uh, but it's up to the financial advisor themselves to grow their business. And there's different varieties of financial advisors. Some just focus on wealth. Some are just like uh, basic financial coaches that don't really do investments. Uh, what I do is I do uh, financial planning, insurance planning, tax planning, investment planning, estate planning, retirement planning. So uh, the whole gauntlet of your financial life is uh, what I what I plan for. It was very interesting that you told me that, you know, what you experienced as a child mm -hmm. about the bankruptcy that your family went through. Mm -hmm. I had similar. Um, we were never middle, but we're not hurting mm -hmm. by any means. But then my mom got sick mm -hmm. and it um that that two parent um two checks coming into the household came down to one check and she was severely disabled after her illness that we had to take care of her so that changed everything that changed our trajectory and we had to do a lot of uh of saving a lot of uh of worrying where the, our next meals were coming from mm -hmm. so people need to really really prepare and they've done studies where there's just so many households there's several households in the united states that are just one paycheck away from poverty mm -hmm. but you're thinking more of a long range you know when people are turning 65 and ready to retire they need to have something ready to go because life is going to get more expensive mm -hmm. and there's not going to be enough resources um and there's social security may not be there for us what are some of the mistakes that 20 30 year olds are making today that they're going to regret when they hit 60. well those 20 and 30 year olds uh, from what i found out most people are not very very intentional with their finances they're very casual about it and one of my favorite lines is uh I heard it from Les Brown is uh, casualness leads to casualties. So if you're casual about your finances, you, you will end up a casualty because you're not saving enough. The average person has about $2,000 in unexpected expenses a year. So that's why it's really important to have an emergency fund. And most people, 
really don't pay themselves first. They spend everything, then try to save. And we got to flip that that mindset. You, The first dollars that come in should go to you first. Like treat it like a bill. Like I'm going to pay myself, put money into my checking account, put money into my investments, put money into my uh, insurance to make sure that if anything happens, I'm going to be prepared for it. Uh, by doing that, you're going to make problems a five-minute problem instead of a year-long problem. And for people that do not have any clues about finances, they need to come to you. But for our listeners out there, give us a quick one-sentence description of the following terms that people need to realize what they are when they hear them. 401k. Well, a 401k is an employer-sponsored plan. It's a defined contribution plan. So basically, what you get out of it is what you put into it and how it performs and how long it, uh, how, lo- how long you keep it in there for investment purposes. A pension. A pension is a defined benefit plan. Basically, it's a defined formula that says, hey, if you work 30 years, you get 1% of your salary. And it will say you will get that salary for the rest of your life once you retire. Uh, Social Security. Uh, Social Security is a basically like a pension, but funded through the government. You pay your pay your uh, Social Security tax, and and that cr- there's a formula that, that determines how much you will get in Social Security when you retire. Roth IRA. You mentioned earlier. Uh, Roth IRA is a a tax tax free account that allows you to put money. It's a tax-free account that allows you to put after-tax dollars in to let you have tax-free growth when you pull the money out. And life insurance. Uh, life insurance provides a uh, tax-free benefit to whoever the beneficiary is. Most likely it's a spouse or a children, or it could be a charity. So some, somebody's going to get a lump sum when somebody passes away. Now, stocks and bonds. Uh, stocks are basically ownership in a company. So if you, uh, if there's a hundred different hundred shares of stocks and you own one stock, you own 1% of the company. So you get 1% of say in the company and also 1% of the profits, whatever they make. And bonds? Uh, bonds are IOUs from either a corporation or a government. Basically they say, Hey, give me a thousand dollars. I'll promise to give you 4% on that $1,000 for five years. And at the end of the five years, I'll give you $1,000 back. So all of these are terms that people are going to need to get familiar with Mm -hmm. when they're talking about their financial security coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the positive things that you tell people about when they're having these conversations with you so they don't run away (laughs) from it? That it's something that's, you know, it's uncomfortable to have these conversations because you're basically saying, for some of us, like with me, I'm just like, I know I'm spending way too much and not saving enough, or I'm accumulating a lot of like uh, debt, you know, that I need to be paying off, that I can't be sustaining this type of debt when I'm older and not making, bringing enough money home, correct? Well, it's when I when people come to me and they're 
feeling uh, overwhelmed, I I basically give them a plan. I'd be like, okay, this is your this is where you're at. This is where you want to go. Here are the action steps. Um, what I found is most people don't have those action steps or they just feel like it's very overwhelming. So when I sit down with somebody, I can go over their budget and then I could calculate, oh, you have this amount of debt. You're only going to pay this amount of interest. But if you do this, these things, you're going to reach your ultimate goal of retirement. Um, I like to also tell people, you don't have to be great to get started. You just got to get started to become great. So if you're just starting off with a small amount now, but as things change, as you get pay raises, um, as you pay off some debt, you can take those dollars and apply it towards your financial plan. So like wherever you are, you just have to get started and you don't have to be great to get started. But focusing on your finances is a is a hard choice, uh, but hard choices equal an easy life. Easy choices turn into a hard life. So if you do the easy choice of just ignoring your finances and just kicking the can down the road, eventually you're going to have that hard life because by the time you retire, your your well is not going to be dug. So it's a lot of stuff that you're learn. You're teaching these folks how to learn. You yourself enjoy learning um you wrote about the ability to achieve more by taking an interest in continued learning you wrote a book more you know more you grow what made you write this book uh so the reason i wrote that book is because of this one book i was uh because of this one book called the miracle morning by hal elrod uh he talked about his uh morning system called savers so every morning you should be doing these things so s is for uh, silence. So you're meditating for five minutes. Uh, A is for affirmation. So you positive self-talk. B is for visualization. So visualizing how your day is going to be. E is for exercising. R is for reading. And S is for scribing. So for scribing, it's writing three things you're grateful for every day. And I like to try to write five new ideas every day as well. Um, so I was. So I read his book, uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And I also started listening to his podcast. And... He said writing a book really helped him with his business. So I'm in a business myself as a financial planner. And he said, if you write a book, you could be used as a uh, business card. So basically, that's what I've been doing is giving my book out to say, hey, this is my philosophy on life. And and then maybe it might lead to some other opportunities down the road. How long did it take you to write this book? It uh, took me 20 months to write the book. Uh, the easy part was writing the rough draft. Um, I'm very uh, goal focused. So if I say I'm going to write two pages a week on Sunday, I just did that every Sunday. And then until I got to 50,000 words. So my goal was 50,000 words. And then then that then came the editing process. So it took me about four months to write the book, but it took me 12 months to edit the book because <laughs> you, you basically have to read the book 17 times. And that could be a, a very overwhelming t- task. But if you just do it in chunks, it, it becomes easier. So yeah, don't try to eat the whole elephant at once. You eat the <laughs> eat the elephant one one bite at a time. Uh, you draw on a lot of influencers in your book. Mm-hmm. Who are your favorite motivational people? Well, I say Les Brown is my favorite. I saw him here in D.C. about two years ago. Uh, when I get ready in the morning, um, uh, routinely I listen to him. 
while I'm brushing my teeth or shaving. Uh, just there's so many great motivational videos on YouTube. You just create a playlist and just listen to the ones to help uh, give you that motivation for the day. I think it's Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar says uh, motivation is like bathing. It's required daily. So you need to constantly motivate yourself to to do more because in life there's going to be a lot of uh, negative things that that happen throughout your day. And for every negative thing that happens, you need 10 positive things to balance it out. So constantly surrounding yourself by uh, high value individuals that are gonna stay positive, but also watching either as a song or watching a YouTube video can help help you stay positive. But Les Brown is probably my favorite. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn are some great ones. Um, Eric Thomas is another great one. He's very, He's very high energy himself, so he has this really great speech about about the student and the the student and the teacher going to the ocean. Should I explain? Go ahead. So basically, Eric Thomas tells this story about uh, there's this student who goes to the guru that to say, "How do I become great?" So the guru tells the student, "Hey, meet me at the beach tomorrow morning at 6 a.m." So the student's basically saying, "Okay." So he shows up to the beach 6 a.m. in a full suit the guru is already there and the and the guru tells the student hey go go into the ocean so so the student is hesitating a little bit but he gets in because he wants to be successful so he gets up to his knees and the guru is like hey go farther and the guru is following the student so then it becomes up to his waist he's like no go farther then it goes up to his shoulders and then the guru and the student are are just there and then all of a sudden the guru grabs the student and starts drowning the student and so the the students just start struggling struggling start scratching the guru until he can't breathe anymore and then the guru left um lifts him up and basically the guru tell the student if you want to succeed you want to succeed you have to succeed as bad as you want to breathe so being that mindset you have to do anything what it takes to to reach your goals so very interesting for people who want to meet you mm-hmm. uh, and get financial advice and hear your motivational talk in person how can they contact you and how can they get your book well you can go to amazon you just go to uh, go to amazon type type my name in uh joe bautista or you can or you can t- search by the title more you know more you grow it rhymes, so it makes <laughs> me. You got a website too. Yeah, I have a website, so you can go to uh, growwithjoe.me. Uh, I tr- I'm getting in the process of writing more blogs. Um, there, you can contact me there as well, or you can talk- contact me at info at growwithjoe.com. That's for public speaking for the book. Um, for financial planning, you can reach me at. Uh, JJ Bautista at firstcommand.com. That's where I do financial planning. First Command, is that military affiliated? Uh, it's, we mostly focus on the military, but uh, we can see everybody. So I'm a veteran, so it was a good fit for me. And uh, we, yeah, we really uh, focus on military and, and federal employees. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I appreciate all the work that you've done for our country and for helping people get better financially wise. Well, thank you, Jesse, for having me on the show. And uh, I've been listening to your podcast, and I hope you continue. So, thank you.